0: All right, guys, welcome back to the TNC show. We got myself, Taman, and Nate Schuster here today. Uh, It'll probably be a little bit shorter of a podcast, but we're just going to kind of go through the NBA series again and kind of talk about what's been happening. And then we'll talk about the transfer portal a little bit, and then we'll probably get into a little bit of MLB talk at the end. So just to start out, um, we'll just go right in order. Um, First matchup in the East, Heat Hawks. Currently it's 3-1 Heat. Uh, Tamin, what do you think has been happening in this series? Um, this series is
1: exactly playing out how I thought it was going to. Um, I'm pretty sure in my prediction, I said that the Hawks would get one, maybe two, and they, they might get another one here in this series, but it's exactly going um how I feared it would. I mean, when you have guys like Bam and Jimmy Butler and P.J. Tucker who can all switch on to Trey um, – and kind of get that chance at Trey Young. Um, it's hard for the Hawks to be successful when Trey Young has to uh, go through a lineup like that and have to face those defenders. So the series is going exactly just like how I thought it was going to go.
0: Yeah. What about you, Schuster?
2: Um, I mean, the Hawks are absolutely atrocious defensively. And then they lost their best rim protector in Capella before the series even started. I'd be with Taman if I had to predict the series before, which I'd didn't have a chance to, but I probably would have said five. Maybe I honestly, the Heat probably should have swept. I mean, what did they lose to the Hawks by one, that one game? Yeah, because yeah. Trae Young
0: got fouled at the end and had free throws, take the lead. So
2: it's just the gentleman of gentleman sweeps. Like, that's not, not too much to
0: go about this one. The Heat are good, but the Hawks aren't. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of surprising. This Hawks team was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and I think they even took a couple games from Milwaukee, if I remember right, but –
2: Yeah, they they pushed it to six.
0: Yeah, I mean –
2: Giannis also got hurt for one of – like, Giannis hyperextended his knee for half of the game, and he missed – I think he missed – did he miss two games or just one game?
0: I can't remember. I think he
2: – I know they – I know he missed one in Milwaukee. Yeah, he missed two games. He missed game five and six. But that's because game five didn't matter because the Bucks shot like 75% from three, which is honestly the only reason they made the finals in the first place.
0: But Yeah. So, I mean, the Hawks' Eastern Conference Finals last year. And then, I mean, this is pretty disappointing for them. And honestly, I think it's basically all their defense. Their defense is horrible. And really, when I watch them, their offense is just – it's a lot of Trey Young dribbling around. And he even said, you know, he hasn't been defended like this since – um, high school pretty much. They've got Gabe Vincent, um, Jimmy Butler, whoever's been guarding and picking up him up almost full court, and they really have no other playmaking. And then, you know, with Capella not there, the Trae on Capella pick and roll, uh, they can't resort to that. is uh, not really as good offensively. And, yeah, I think the Heat will probably finish this one off in game five.
1: Yeah, I, I got a question. Does this a uh, series kind of show how dangerous Miami is, or do you think it's just a good matchup and pick for Miami to go up against Atlanta here in the first round? Uh, I'll,
0: I'll take this one first. Honestly, I, I still, I'm someone that's still kind of sleeping on the heat. Honestly, I think they're the fourth best team in the East, but really defensively, uh, I saw a clip earlier of like, um, Trey Young being defended in the pick and roll where, um, he's being guarded by Jimmy Butler and then. Um, they switch and PJ Tucker's guarding them, and then they switch and bam out of bio's guarding him. So then that that's three all NBA defenders. That just shows you how good the Heat's defense is because they held the Hawks to eighty-six points yesterday and the Hawks have one of the best offenses in the league. So I don't know. I, I think the Heat are pretty dangerous, but I, they're still not my pick to get out of the East. Um so for my I'm with you on the I don't I don't think the
2: Heat are gonna make it out of the East. I honestly, I'm not sure they beat Philly next round because I don't, I think just Embiid will have a field day against Bam as much as good as everybody says Bam is. He's just not physically big enough. Um, But I guess we don't know with his, with Embiid's thumb either. Atlanta, the reason Miami can switch like this on all these screens with like John Collins setting screens is because Capella's not there putting pressure on the rim. So that makes it a lot easier to switch like, Just sideways versus vertically. So I think it's a really good matchup for Miami. And, you know, it is a 1 8 matchup. Like, it's not supposed to be a good matchup. Like, usually the 1 8s are, you know, games are done in four or five games to begin with. So we'll really see next round against Philly because that's who they're going to play. But yeah, yeah, talk to me against, talk to me when they play Philly. Yeah, that's a good point, Schuster. And your point about compelling
1: is also true. It's always Trey Young and Capella up top in those screen roles, so. and roll. So,
2: that that is a very good point. And and Collins is a lot better being the the fill up guy or the the st- second or third option off of that ball screen. So like where Trey Young has the ball and has the ability to pass to Collins makes him a lot better and a lot more of a threat.
0: And that's why they were so
2: good last year. And the yeah. fact that Bogdanovich and Herter were hitting threes, they just. Capella is really valuable to them, and it's it shows. Like, yeah, the guy can't do anything offensively other than dunk, but just being able to rim run just means so much more than not having somebody that can do that.
0: Yeah, that's all I got. In the I mind. agree. Should we move yeah. on to Sixers? Yep. Yeah. All right. I'll I'll take this one first. I also I think this series ends tonight. Um, what I've seen watching this series is I really think the Raptors need a true big man. Uh, they they can't keep playing this lineup where they got either Pascal or Ochua um, at center for this exact reason. When you run into a team with a guy like Embiid, you don't have anyone to guard him. Uh, Philly's been shooting way more free throws than them, uh, getting a lot more easy baskets. And really, Toronto doesn't have a true big man, and they really can't shoot the three ball. So. I, I guess I kind of like their wing guys because they defend well, they're long, they play hard, but you need a true big man in shooting. That, that's what I've seen.
1: What What's the series if Scotty Barnes was healthy?
0: I, I really don't think it changes that much, to be honest. He's not quite that kind of player yet. I agree. But, obviously, that does hurt them, but I, I don't think it really would matter that much. I agree. I agree. What do you guys think from watching the series?
1: I'll go. I, I think you hit it on the nail, honestly. Um, Like, matchup-wise for Toronto, this is a tough matchup. And, you know, I asked that question about Scotty just because – just to see what you would say, just kind of, you know, that is still up in the air, I guess, because he was the rookie of the year. So, I just kind of wanted to know what your thoughts were there, but – I think you kind of hit on the nail with your explanation. I just think it's too tough of a matchup for Toronto. Um, for a four-five matchup, they definitely got the hard end of it for
0: sure. So, yeah, I I think from what I saw, I think Philly was kind of dropping some of the games towards the end of the year on purpose to get this first-round matchup and also to avoid playing the Bucks second round. That that's what I saw. I don't know, but what what do you think, Schuster, about this series?
1: I just lost him. Giannis traits.
2: Huh? You hear me? Yep, we good. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, so, Scotty Barnes has some, like, Giannis traits where he can't really shoot, and he doesn't stretch the defense all that much. My issues with the Raptors are, I don't know. One, yes, they do not have a dominant big or just a big body in general. The other thing is they don't have a true point guard. Like, Van Vliet's really more of a combo to me. And their best year was when they won was Van Vliet was really playing the two. So, I think they do have some roster construction they have to work with. And they need more guys that can, like, truly affect the game. They need a real superstar, honestly. Because, like, Pascal's good. Van Vliet's good. But Shua and Barnes might turn into something, but they don't have somebody that's, like, you know, marquee name. They need, like – if they can go get, like, a guy like Bradley Beal, I think they need that guy. Yeah, they need that guy. So, that's what I think with the
0: Raptors. And Philly's also really good, too, so.
1: Say, say John, they need need what?
0: They need a dude. Yeah. Yes. But eh, hard to do in Toronto via free agency, so it would probably have to be via trade like they did with Kawhi, but – they dump OG and a pick for Brad Beal
2: or somebody like that. I think, or somebody of that nature. That's what I would do if I was Messiah,
0: But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, next series, Bucks Bulls. I-, I don't got much to say. I'll let Schuster talk about this one first. What do you think, Schuster? Being a Bucks fan. So I'm gonna
2: relate this to any Bucks fans that are watching this right now. This series is a lesser version of the Hawks series from last year. And the reason I say that is because it unleashed Drew Holiday. Because typically when the Bucks play, Middleton is number two. And it's kind of clear on offense. Now, Holiday is probably the second most important player on the Bucs. But offensively, he's probably the third option. I would prefer if Holiday was the second option, actually, because I feel like him having the ball and getting downhill does a lot more than having Middleton be your second option and just spotting up for three and shooting mid-range jump shots. Love Chris Middleton. Hope he gets healthy soon. But I was happy with the draw when we got the Bulls. I expected the series to go four or five games. That's what it's doing. Do I want Middleton to have a spring MCL while doing it? No, but, you know, they're the champs. They're getting business done and – We'll see how healthy he is going into Boston and figure it out from there. But I, I feel pretty confident. I mean, I just put a twenty dollars wager on them to win the title at plus eight hundred. So we'll see what happens.
0: Good odds for that too.
2: Yeah, I know. I got I'm another like, one. Too. I got another one too. But we'll wait till we get to the West. I'm
1: gonna. I'm gonna go. Uh, I kind of wish the Bulls would have, especially at the beginning of the year and how well they started. I wish they kind of had that excitement back kind of i feel like they're kind of lacking those highlight plays and excitement plays that they kind of had at the beginning of the year and i was hoping they would be a fun team to watch here when the playoffs came and credit they are competing a little bit versus the bucks i just kind of am upset and wish wish a little more out of them i guess
0: so yeah i i think this is also going to end in the next game i think it's tomorrow they play um, uh, they play Wednesday night. When, so, yeah, I think the series ends then. But, like, never wish injury upon anyone. But Chris Middleton's injury, like you said, it's kind of elevated Drew Holiday. But also, Bobby Portis and Grayson Allen both played great last game from what I watched. So Very they, good point. That's they two, get Marcus, two games in a row for them. Yeah. Bobby Portis is a good player. He can score in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I don't know. I I think they were the clear-cut winner. I, I said they would sweep. You know, they did drop that one game. But, you know, it is what it is. They're taking care of business. So, uh, one more one more touch point.
2: Um, The thing with only having two options, too, is that your role players have a lot more ability to touch the ball. So, then they become more effective when they do have the ball because they're confident. getting it more. They're getting the ball more. And Grayson Allen and Bobby Portis are, like, pretty obvious, like, you know, because it's recent. But Bobby, Bobby started probably 60 games this year because Brooke Lopez only played a few. So he's he's been, like, you know, used to starting. And Grayson Allen's been good all season. He just needs to touch the ball more. And I was kind of mad that in game two when they lost that he wasn't in the game. And then, obviously, he proved in game three and four that, you know, he needs to be in the game because that fucker
0: can spray it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Next one, next one, next one.
0: Next one. Celtics Nets Taman, you can go first for this one.
1: It's not ending tonight. They yeah, they play night at six, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, I
0: think it's the early one.
1: No way it ends tonight, Schuster. You know why too? There's no Scotty way. Ice
2: Foster, baby. Yeah, Scott,
1: <laughs> he's Scott, here to make
3: the league money.
1: Yeah, Scott Foster's <laughs> repping tonight. If anybody doesn't know who that is, you might as well look the motherfucker up. Okay. He's the reason series go longer than what they should. The Nets are winning tonight. And I'm going to call it, it's going to be like a Kyrie Irving game. I'm going to kind of take that. Uh, Definitely um, definitely going to be a Kyrie Irving game. He's going to go off here for like 35-40. And Scott Foster is going to play a big role in it. Um, John, do you want to talk about that question here too while we talk about this series?
0: Yeah. So I have on the – topics here we're going to talk about if it did end tonight and they do get swept here uh do you guys think a sweep hurts katie's legacy especially with how he's been yes. playing the series
2: yes.
1: Schuster, yes what do
0: you think
2: it definitely doesn't help him so it has to hurt him i mean the guy's only ever won on a super team so. i'm just say
1: this LeBron beat damn near the same team in a seven game series with no help. If yeah. KD has Kyrie Irving and all these other pieces on this team.
0: Honestly like but Seth- Let's not act like the Nets are a great deep team though,
2: man. Okay, they're not but, a, they're not a well constructed roster. They have like, two they like, have two guys and Seth Curry.
1: That's I was going to say like Seth Curry is a great guy. Uh he's a good guy. He's a that, good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying but like for that team. Yeah. Like, like his He's job third is so guy. easy. His job is so easy, and what he has to do is like perfect for how he wants to play. If you had to tell Seth Curry, oh, you can just let Katie and Kyrie drive it, and all you have to do is shoot open threes. That motherfucker is
0: gonna be successful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I don't necessarily like the LeBron comparison because obviously these guys were five years younger, four or five okay. years younger, and it was kind of a different team. But if you look defense wise they're basically the same uh defensive efficiency wise the teams were and obviously that lebron cavs team wasn't all that great but i think what it comes down to is i think kd's averaging like 18 a game on unacceptable. like on like 30 something percent and he's like turning it over 7 times a game this series but yeah he has not been good so i think it definitely hurts his legacy
1: without a doubt i mean it you can't be one of the top players ever in, in the first round of the playoffs gets swept, especially when you have another all-star with you on
0: the roster. And especially, it's really surprising, too, with how great he was last playoffs, especially in that Buck series. Yeah,
1: he went nuts. So, I mean, it's like no excuse.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I agree, though. I don't think the series is going to end tonight, but obviously because no of team – Yeah, no team's ever came back from 3-0 down, so I think the Celtics will win this series eventually. But, yeah, I just – I'm surprised about KD. What do you think, Schuster?
2: Um, So you're talking about KD's legacy. I think this hurts his legacy. I think it actually hurts Kyrie's legacy more just because all the shit that he's put the media and Brooklyn and the city of New York through this year with, first of all, his vaccination status – and he's kind of played like garbage this series, if I'm gonna be honest.
0: Outside of game one, yeah.
2: Outside outside of game one. But if you really look back on his career, outside of the one the one shot that he made, if you completely delete three one, what has he done? He always he either gets hurt on the biggest moments, so you can't rely on him to stay healthy, or you can't rely on him to even play. Cause the guy's taken half the year off to, you know, put a point that doesn't want to get a shot. I don't care if you're pro-vax or anti-vax. I really don't care, but it's your job. And if you want to get paid millions of dollars, I would take any shot for a million dollars, much much less $40 million. So that's something that frustrates me with him and the fact that he thinks that he knows everything, but he really doesn't. Um, This is just really an anti-Kyrie Irving take right now. I'm sorry, but yeah, ultimately... Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go
0: to Game 5 and Boston will win at home. Yep, I agree. Uh, moving to the West, this is probably the most interesting series so far now that Book's hurt. Suns, Pelicans. Do you guys think the Suns are in trouble here? Taman? Yes.
1: You can just tell the momentum ever since Booker got hurt that the momentum has switched. Um, I really think the Suns should be nervous here and um, cause now it's two, two, correct? Yes. So now it is at Phoenix. If yes. the Pelicans get this one, I, yeah, I mean like, cause I think if the Pelicans win this next game, uh, the Pelicans win this series, uh, the, like I said, momentum is hard to stop and that ball is rolling right now for new Orleans. So I yeah, the Suns should definitely be nervous, but I think they're a good enough team to also overcome it as well. So, um, this will be interesting to see because I think they can get it done, and I mean it makes for good TV now. So,
0: yeah, it does. Definitely, I thought this would be one of the more boring series, especially after Game One. But the Pelicans are actually pretty fun to watch, especially yeah. when
1: they got their crowd going. That one <laughs> one injury, man that that's that's all it took. Yeah,
0: and that's really all the playoffs is. Which teams can stay healthy? Because I mean, I'm if Booker was playing, no nothing against the Suns, the Pelicans would not win the series. No way.
2: That's, that's yeah, twenty. That's twenty six points that you're losing, and just the defensive gravity too. Like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, this
1: reminds me of like, like this kind of a okay, but like Baylor was facing North Carolina, and Brady Manic like North Carolina was dominating. Brady Manick gets kicked out of the game. And, like, the mom- how fast the momentum switched, that's exactly what I'm seeing here with that Devin Booker injury. Like, the momentum switched, like, almost instantaneously. And it's just crazy how, like, all that works.
0: Yeah. Maybe not the, the best comparison, but, you no, know, no, no, it, no, it, the it comes out I'm as that,
1: The reason I'm saying that is because I remember watching that game, Brady Manick literally left the game, and all of a sudden – like Baylor's comeback started right then and there. And it's like now Devin Booker gets hurt. And now it's like the Pelicans, like instead of being in shambles and stuff like that, instantly like now they have, now they're the matchup problem. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Especially with how they play defense.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of what the point I'm trying to make, but that's just like one of the things I thought of when this
2: happened. So.
0: Yeah. Schuster, you got anything to add for this?
2: I think the Pelicans win this series in six games. I think the defensive energy and intensity of guys like Alvarado, Herb Jones, and even McCollum for the most part, those guards and wings are stifling on defense. And Ingram is a matchup problem for everybody on the Suns. Unless you, But if you put bridges on him, then you lose a guy on Herb Jones. And as much as Herb Jones can't shoot, he played really good last night. Like, that was – I didn't realize how good he really was until last night. They're, they should win this series, and I think that they will. And JV's a beast, too, down low. But I think Phoenix is lacking at with size, with, like, strong size. They have a lot of tall guys, but they don't have big guys, if that makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah. Um, next series, this series, I'm just going to say, this series sucks. Mavericks, Jazz. I've tried to watch this. It is so boring anytime I turn on one of these games. Um, so I'm not really going to comment on it because I don't care. But honestly, I- I'll take the Mavericks to win. Uh, Schuster, what do you think? So this is actually my other bet that I was going to
2: talk to you guys about. I actually have Dallas to win the finals at plus 2200. I think they're absolutely
1: ridiculous.
2: I think they'll do it. You
1: are ridiculous for that.
2: They have the best defensive rating in the West. They're basically the Celtics of the West. And I think I really did it because the odds, because I think they could really, I thought they could beat the Jazz without Luka. And now since Luka's on the mend and coming back, I think they'll just win and it'll be easier for them. And if you think about it, this is a four or five matchup, right? Yeah. Yes. If Phoenix loses to New Orleans, Dallas pretty much has a cakewalk to the conference finals.
0: Yeah, I, I think they'd beat the Pelicans.
2: Yeah, I, I I really think they would, too. So, I mean, I think Dallas will win. I hope they win. I have them tonight. I have them in my futures. But, yeah, Utah's. I'm with you, Johnson. Utah might be the most boring team to watch in the, the NBA. Even Dallas, too. They just slow
0: it down, and it's just a lot of Luka
2: dribbling. It's Yeah, it's a lot of Luka and Brunson isolation guard work, which I don't know how much that's going to translate to winning basketball, but. We'll see. But yeah, I, still I can't, can't believe Utah. you put money down on Utah. Dude, it was like 10 bucks. I still. Not on, on Dallas, not on Utah.
1: What? No, I thought you said on Utah.
2: I know, Dallas to win the title.
1: Oh, okay. I don't yeah.
2: bet on Utah. That team will never win anything.
1: What the fuck? Why did I think you just said Utah? Man, I'm tripping. My bad. <laughs> no, like, I legitimately thought I heard Utah. Okay, Dallas is better. I'll give you that. Dallas is better. Oh, okay. Tamen, what do you got, Damon?
0: Anything for this series?
1: Luka coming back is the difference here. It's it's like the complete opposite of the Phoenix series. So Losing Devin Booker was obviously a momentum changer. Gaining back Luka is a huge momentum changer. And the fact the Mavs could hold off uh, Utah while they didn't have Luka is... Like huge, so um, them bringing Luca back is pretty much. I don't want to, I don't even know how I want to say it, but I mean, it's set in stone. I think Dallas wins this series, and with Luca, they're they're pretty damn good. So, and actually, not having Luca and giving Jalen Brunson and those guys those chance to ball out kind of like they did was even better because now they got all the confidence
0: in the world. So, yeah, should we? All right, so Chase Huff just joined us for these uh, next two picks and the rest of the podcast. So, uh, Huff, I'll go right to you. What do you think about the Warriors-Nuggets series, and does it end tomorrow or Wednesday?
3: It it definitely ends tomorrow. Um, I feel like, I don't know, whenever I was watching that game yesterday, I kind of felt like the Warriors kind of just wanted to get it done on their home floor. I don't know. I was getting that vibe kind of. But, yeah, I think the Warriors definitely end it tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, the, the Nuggets fans were going hog wild for nothing yesterday. Guys, you're just going to lose um, whatever the next game is. Your team's not that good. Um, let's just wait till next year when MPJ and Jamal get healthy and maybe they'll be able to do something more. But as it stands now, Jokic really has no help. That's what I see. Schuster, what do you think?
2: Uh, Nikola Jokic will never lead any t- team to a title as the first option. So good luck with that, Denver. That's interesting. That, that- I agree, though.
1: Yeah, that is – that is a – people may say that's a bold statement with him being the MVP and stuff like that,
2: but, no, you nailed it, man. He might be, outside of Steve Nash, the worst two-time MVP in NBA history.
0: I mean, it's hard to win a championship with your first option being a center. That really never happens. Unless he's, like, Shaq. Yeah. So – Damon, what do you think for the series?
1: No, I I think you guys nailed it. I really don't got much else to add, honestly. I – I think it ends, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not much to say about that series. But this next one, I know Huff's going to want to talk about this one. Grizzlies, T-Wolves, Huff, what have you been kind of seeing so far this series, and what do you think the rest of the way? I, I just think the big
3: thing is containing Ja. I mean, I mean, we did let Bain have 30-some last game, but Cap finally came out of his shell and showed us the type of player he is. Um I don't know. I'm, it, I think it's kind of a guess here. It's a three game series. Best of two, first one to two wins, but Timberwolves got to go to Memphis twice, but, um, I think my boys can do it. I think they can get one in Memphis and I think they can win this series. I think Minnesota wins it in six. I think they win tomorrow night and then they finish it off at home.
0: Interesting. Taman?
1: I think this series goes the whole way. Um, That's very confident. I know you're a Wolves fan Hub, but that's very confident to say they win these next two. I think this series has been neck and neck this whole time. Uh, So, I I mean, it's really a pick I think. And you're right. It depends on how Ja plays because if he plays like we all know he can, it's going to be hard to pick against the Grizzlies. So, I don't know. This goes the whole way. I'm i gonna stick with my regular prediction and say Memphis pulls it out in seven in Memphis. The
2: home team wins it. So,
0: Shuster, what do you think?
2: Hough, you're not gonna like me, but I don't think Cat has any more performances like that in him. Um, I you used like to really, daughters. I, I'll, I'm okay with that, but <laughs> I've mm-hmm. actually grown to really dislike him over the last couple of games.
3: I don't honestly, Nate. Honestly, I don't really like him that much either because he all he does is bitch and moan at the rest. He, what, what was he's on oh
1: shit, that is on recording. Wow, well, we got that on recording, huh?
3: I, I like. I'll be completely honest. He hasn't been my favorite. I don't really like him that much because I like him as a basketball player, but I don't like him like he just. He just bitches too much. And... His
2: personality gets on my nerves. So, just because of that, I'm taking Memphis in six. And Desmond Bain said uh, he's coming into, coming into your crib and knocking your doors off. So, I'm going to take, oh, hey, I'm hey, gonna take Bain in the boat. He knocked
3: one door off.
2: Yeah. He, he didn't poor, knock both. Yeah. But we'll see what happens in game six. I'll take Memphis, but I really don't care about this series because whoever wins this loses to the Warriors. So That's Cap. <laughs> <laughs>
0: John? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to give a prediction. I I really don't know. This has definitely been the most fun to watch, in my opinion, though, just because, you know, it's been high scoring. It's been getting a little chippy. You got some some guys talking shit, some guys acting like fools, like Cat, and then some guys that are kind of overperforming and underperforming. A big money Desmond Bain with some uh, big threes the past couple games, but Ja's got to show up. Ja really hasn't done much this series, so uh, maybe he'll turn that around next game. Uh, so now we're gonna move into our next little segment here. This is something I saw on Twitter, and I wanted to propose to you guys. So I'm sure Huff, I'm sure you've seen this. It's cut one out of yep. Maxi, Pool, Ant, and Tyler Hero. Who are you cut? Huff, I'll go right to you. Who are you cutting out of those four?
3: So, so, so it's Hero, Maxi, Ant,
0: and Jordan Pool. Jordan Pool. I'm cutting Hero. Come on. I, dude, I knew that's what all you guys were going to say. I'm cutting Hero, and here's <laughs> why.
3: Uh, Jordan Poole is the next Splash Brother. Golden, Golden State will not have Klay Thompson on their roster next year. That is my bold prediction. Anthony Edwards is a star in the making. He'll be the he'll be a first-team All-NBA talent in four years. And Tyrese Maxey's the de- best. Maybe less than. Hey, that's a that's nice issue, sir. And then Maxey. I've, I've fallen in love with Ant this series, but I, I, everything that I've gained for Ant, I lost for Cat. That's fair. And then Maxie, I just – I see Allen Iverson in him. I don't know why. I do. I just see it's Allen Iverson. And I think he's going to be a really special talent coming up soon. So, uh, the only downfall to Hero is uh, I think him coming off the bench actually hurts him quite a bit. So That's because Boulstra
0: uh, loves Vincent and Strews. They're not that great, man. Quit playing. Yeah. These.
3: But that's my only reason <laughs> why I'd have to cut Hero. So, that's my take on it.
0: All right. Uh, Schuster go ahead
3: I'm with Huff I'm cutting hero Um, I don't see either one of the
2: other three guys going one for eight against the worst defensive team in the playoffs Um, and the fact that he comes off the bench hurts him too because you know if your coach doesn't think that you're more valuable on the court than off the court than Max Struess and Gabe Vincent uh, let's be real here Maxie Poole and Ant are going to be max to super max guys hero I don't know Twenty-one so,
0: points a game, though. Sixth man of the year, probably.
2: Congrats, man! Like you're playing against the Hawks and the Magic fifteen times a year. Like,
3: <laughs> that those guys, it,
2: it's terrible. Like, yeah. it's... and and the reason you're coming off the bench and you're getting those twenty-one points is because you're the one that's playing when you're up by thirty-five against those teams. You're just chucking, just a chuck. Like, yeah, some of those go in. So I'm taking the other three. Tame. I mean, you know my pig. Probably
1: cutting Maxi, honestly. I was gonna say ant to just try and fucking stir up the pot and Dude, if you just... would've I would have left. Dude <laughs> like... I would tr- I was gonna say ant and try and say I've never seen someone get carried by cats so hard or something stupid along those lines. But... Ant's been carrying him this series. No okay, no, okay. But legitimately I think Maxi, Maxi or hero. It's one of them guys. It's definitely not pool. It's definitely not Ant, um, but I could also say Hero. The he, here's the thing about Maxi is what he does is actually pretty impressive. Being on a team with Joel Embiid and James Harden, where like Heroes guys are Bam and Jimmy Butler, and I feel like that's the difference. So that's why I could pick Hero, but I don't know. I think I think Hero's more consistent. Um, so I think I'm gonna say I cut Maxi. Honestly,
0: I'm gonna cut Maxi. And honestly, before the playoffs started, and like kind of towards the end of the regular year, it might have been Pool, but wow, he's been boss lately. So I can't, can't be him. Kid's <laughs> a player, man. He's he is. savage. That's my guy. So I'll, I'll pick Maxie. It's gonna be a
3: it's gonna be a pool party.
0: People love throwing that around. Uh. So now college basketball transfer portal. Um, I guess we'll just talk about some of the main guys that have committed and then maybe some of the other guys that uh, where we think they'll go. So first one, um, Nigel Pack. Um, I guess we we don't need to all talk about it, but uh, Schuster, what do you think about Nigel Pack going to Miami and the 800,000? He's guaranteed. What do you think about that?
2: Um, that's something that we're going to see a lot more often with these private universities that are able to fund a lot more of these NIL deals through private donors versus public donors. So Miami's Miami, believe it or not, is a private institution. So they're going to be able to give a lot more because they have a lot more medical donors in terms of hospitals. They have a lot more donors in general because it's such a big area and they only have really one big school down there. So good for
0: him. Happy for him. Yeah, that that does rock for him. Um, I he'll probably be one of their best players, and you know, maybe they'll make another run. It's uh, sad that he gets $800,000, though, because I don't think he's that good. Yeah, he won't and, get $800,000
2: anywhere in like no. professionally.
0: No, um, Huff, what do you think about your, your friend, Andre Corbello? Good move for him going to St. John's.
3: I think it's a great move. Uh, I think him going back, he's been kind of, uh, people have been shitting on him a little bit, like. They've been talking crap out about how bad of a player, how bad of a point guard he is. And he gets to go home and show his uh the hometown faithful what he's got and what he can bring to Saint John's. I think him and Posh Alexander will be a great duo next year. And I think Saint John's will be a sneaky good team. So I like though I like Carbella's uh, choice of going to Saint John's.
0: Yeah, it should be good for him. And then Taman, I'll give you this one. Say if you know Dawson Garcia, Taman. Yeah, I do. Yeah, say if you think that's a good move for him to head back to his home state of Minnesota. Um,
1: I'll say this with this, uh, this isn't really directed straight towards him, but I just wanted to say this about the transfer portal. Uh, this is good for the transfer portal first off, because, um, they're going to keep a lot of players in college basketball instead of going to like G League that are high profile players. But the only bad piece here is now you're getting these players that are going to be moving around year after year after year, which it was already bad anyway. But now this NIL deal is just paying even more of a bigger role than it was without it because players can lead just so often just to get their money. But that's just what I want to say there. That's Garcia, Minnesota. I think he's a perfect Big Ten player. How's that sound? Take it how you want it. Uh I think Schuster and I have an opinion on what that means on how it would be to be a good Big Ten player. So that's just all I'm gonna say.
2: Yep. You yep. want me to say? You want me to say what I think, Tamon? Yeah, go for it. He's not a good basketball player. He's a good yes. Big Ten player.
1: Yes, that's <laughs> base, base he's, damn, he's, he's damn near Davis. an
2: offensive lineman. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's
1: I, almost I'm a making. Trace
0: Jackson it's, Davis.
2: Yeah, being a he good, pretty much. He pretty much is just guys that run around and hit people. Yeah, they might exactly. make a lefty hook every now exactly. and then.
1: Him going to Minnesota good for him, man. He gets to go home and stuff. But, like, he's he's literally a typical Big Ten basketball player. Like, I literally cannot. That is, like,
2: a perfect description
1: of Dawson Garcia. He is a legit Big Ten basketball player.
2: I'd like to add one more thing really quick. Um, I'm happy he's going home. I know he's been through a lot this year. He had, like, I heard, like, four family members die. So, that's why I ended up transferring oh, back in the first place. Oh, shoot. I didn't even know that. So, I just – if anyone listen, is listening that
0: knows anything, just condolences out to him and his family. So, yep, For sure. Yep, good, good takes there. So last segment we're going to do today is we're each going to say our uh, early season MLB best team and player, except for Tamey, because is not a big MLB guy. Yeah, f- fuck the MLB. I don't watch that shit. I'm going first. Right now, I think the best player in baseball – is Byron Buxton? God damn it! I knew you're gonna take <laughs> mine. And and mainly because um, I just feel like he just strikes fear into his opponents when he steps the batter's box. He's intimidating, hey, man. Hey,
3: dude, dude! Buxton was Buxton was out. The the Twins were three games out of first place in the Central. He's been back for five games. They already took the lead in the Central. They won five in a row since his return.
0: He helps so much being in the lineup. You know whether he's hitting leadoff uh, three, four—you know—they'll kind of move him around. Um, he's hitting 351, six homers, 11 RBIs, and I'm pretty sure six homers is tied for the league lead. I think he's—I think he's the best player in baseball right now. You know, we're only 15 games in, so that could change. My my best team. This team's not currently in first place. Toronto Blue Jays. Main They're tied region. for first. Yeah, tied for first in their division at least. Best lineup in baseball, top to bottom. But really, I like them adding Kevin Gosman in the offseason. That, that staff's actually pretty good. They got Gosman, uh, Kikuchi, Berrios, who they got from the Twins last year. or I don't know if that was last year or two years ago. but It
3: was last year.
0: Yeah, they got him. And then Hen- Henjin Ryu was like a Cy Young candidate two years ago. So that rotation's actually pretty good. And then, you know, you got Vlad Jr., Bichette. Uh, George Springer, I think Matt, nice Ch- Matt Chapman
2: is a really good defensive third baseman, and yep. it's a very underrated move by them.
0: Yep, Gurriel, um, Teoscar Hernandez, just their lineup is loaded. So I'll say them for my best team in baseball. Uh, Schuster, you said you'd had surprise for years. So best player in baseball.
2: I mean, I think we can all agree that it's probably Otani, but we're just gonna throw him out for now. Uh, it's probably Vlad Guerrero Jr. Honestly, I think he has the most intimidation in his in his just pure bat. Like the guy almost won the Triple Crown last year. My best team in baseball, personally, is the Seattle Mariners. Wow. I think there's I think their staff is really good. They're really young. They had some good off season hitting additions. The big trade with the Reds. Winker. Yeah, Winker, A. Eugenio Suarez, Ty France has been killing it right now. J.P. Crawford's pretty good still. They got Adam Frazier from San Diego, and they probably have the youngest and best outfield in the MLB with J. Rod, uh, Kyle Lewis, and Jared Kellenick. So, look out for that.
3: Kyle Lewis isn't even back yet.
2: Yeah, he's not even he's back hurtful. yet. But that that says a lot that they're they're stacked. Exactly. So. Look out for them. And Robbie Ray, Cy Young candidate, was a Cy Young winner last year. So, look out for
0: the the Mariners. Yep. Huff, what do you think?
3: Best player in baseball this year right now is Francisco Lindor. Wow. Uh, shortstop for the Mets. Uh, he's batting around 330. He's third in the league in hits. He's uh, carried the Mets to a 12-5 and record, of a already a four-and-a-half game lead in their division, even though they probably are the worst division in baseball. Um, but, yes. uh, I think then my best team, I believe is I'm going to go, it's, it's kind of tough, but I was going to go with the Mariners too, but I think I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I mean, that was, that's how I it's, was on Mariners or Dodgers. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a typical, I mean, it sucks to say that the Dodgers are the best team, but you can't walk away from it. Their, their lineup is just stacked. Uh, their pitching staff. The only thing that I would say that they are going to struggle with this year is their bullpen. Their bullpen doesn't seem as strong this year for some reason to me, but uh, they arguably have the best hitting lineup in all of baseball. So I think the Dodgers right now are the front runners to win this World Series.
0: I am kind of worried about the Dodgers uh, come playoff time about who's going to be that second arm. I know they kind of struggled that last year once Scherzer uh, got injured, but, you know, Kershaw's been pretty good. Bueller's struggling right now. Yeah, well, he should fix things, and he'll be their ace come playoff time. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyways, good takes there, and that'll conclude this episode. We'll see you either later this week or early next week.